Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. Join with Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And the one, the only, John David. I'm a month away from being married. Rogers! Actually, 50 days today. Stop Ooh. it. I'm so excited. But by the I'm time so this pumped. releases. Yeah. And tomorrow night is my wedding shower. We wow. bought, we, I literally um. bought us Amazon outfits for your wedding shower. Wow. Yes. We'll see nice. what they look like. It's, it's all white. <laughs> Dude, I'm bummed I won't be there. We'll be in Austin. It's going to be so fun. I know. That's right. not what we're talking about, though. It's not. What are we talking about? We are talking about the recent, uh, just tragic events that went on with the Travis Scott Astro World mm. concert, all the craziness. There was eight pronounced dead right the night of the concert. That's wild. And it's if you don't know, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening knows, but basically from being trampled on. Yeah. And one of the craziest accounts I saw was the girl that was being trampled on and got out, and then she was the girl that hopped up on the video camera platform to tell him that people were dying. Wow. And she describes it like it was like the closest thing to being in hell on earth is you are underneath bodies and layers of bodies of people screaming in, in loud Travis Scott music and no one can hear you and you're yeah. just screaming and screaming. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. So, so tragic and it sounds like a movie. It sounds like not real. Yeah. And I think it's left a lot of people just kind of like shook, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. what just happened? Like, yeah. humans... I can't. I can't personally fathom how you can be standing on people... And not know. Does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't I, my head it's just that so hard to understand what, how it got there. But from what I've gathered is, is he encouraged rushing to the stage. Yep. Yeah. And there were just so many people that it, you just couldn't see it. I think there's got to be some element of selfishness. Like I think at some point people didn't care. It's like I'm. I bet they didn't think, oh, I'm probably killing someone or like the mm-hmm. stampede, which is yeah. what animals would do. But like, there's this like, I'm going to the front, I'm in the moment, I'm in the vibe, I'm either a little bit tipsy or whatever, and I'm just, you know, climbing over people to get as far as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, I didn't know Travis Scott had people. Like, <laughs> I knew he was big, but that's a whole nother level, another now. level of loyalty. So I think it has left a lot of people just wondering yeah questioning how do we respond to this i think it's different than like when something like refugees or homelessness or um like when something like that happens in the world mm-hmm. uh, this it feels so like generational cultural like does that make sense it's yeah. confusing yeah. it's like really it's a weird thing to talk about yeah so like what first off why do you think that even happened you know, a lot of people, one, it's so tragic. So anybody, and it's not that far removed. I mean, Houston's where I'm from. It's four hours from where we live. And, um, and man, just even now, Father, we just pray for anybody who is mourning the fact that their brother or sister or friend or daughter or son is no longer alive. And we pray that they would be with you and that they um, had a saving faith and that if they didn't, this would be a chance for those nearest to them to cross over into a relationship with you. Amen. I think, um, I think one question people are asking is like, was it satanic? 
And uh, and I think, like, have y'all heard that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Some people, I mean, there's like even the further extreme of like, was that a blood sacrifice? Is some ritual? Yeah. But I think the whole vibe was apparently like people are saying that was demonic and satanic. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I've definitely seen, I've seen people do parallels. So like pictures of like, you know, you walk through like the Travis Scott His, open like, mouth, mouth tunnel yeah. and then they've like put it with another like satanic ritual images. And even the fact of the things that he said, like he like is pro riot and yeah. all these different things of just chaos and yada, yada, yada. But so I do think that people are wondering, or at least asking, they're not saying it's satanic. I think some are. Yeah, sure. But some are going, is this a, is this an act of Satan ritual, Satan activity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just pointed out there was a picture. It was like a 1600 picture of like the entrance to hell, basically. And it was like the mouth of somebody consuming. It looks, uh, uh, and there's probably a thousand things that look mm-hmm. like a picture from 500 years ago. If that's what we got to. So was it satanic or not? I think even that question, we probably think about it wrongly. Was it demonic? That's another question. It's kind of Mm -hmm. the same one. A demon is an unholy spirit. And by definition, any spirit that's not holy is unholy. And so was it demonic in the sense that there was, you know, these, the way that we think of demons grabbing somebody and doing something, who knows? We at least know it wasn't directed by a holy spirit of love, compassion, consideration for other people, selflessness, the spirit of Christ, if you will. And and that leads to pain and carnage and craziness and chaos. And so I don't know if it if it was or if it wasn't, I do know that everything I know about uh, Travis Scott, and I don't know much, uh, like I don't listen to Travis Scott, full disclosure. You don't? No. Okay. Are you a Travis Scott guy? Like, no. I, I couldn't name one of his songs. Other than, I was just being funny. No. I, I didn't think you did. Um, other than uh, sicko mode. So, honestly, if, if you're on that train and you're like, it's totally demonic, I think I'm saying, hey, anybody that's not operating under the spirit of God is operating underneath an unholy spirit. So, depending on how you your definition, the broadness of it for demonic, then it would be demonic because they're not operating underneath the Holy Spirit because it's an unholy spirit. Does yeah, that make sense? That's, it's, that's really eye-opening, which is, I think, one of the good things that happened— at the concert, like not to make light of death. That's not what I'm doing at all. Yeah. But I think it really has a lot of people like, whoa. Yes. How could that happen? How could we get there? And it is like a step back in. Yes, man. Human nature is, we think in the West, we think human nature, humans are basically good. Yeah. And the Bible teaches humans are basically not good. And that fundamentally, what if you live according to what's natural, according to Galatians chapter five, it ends up with uh, what's natural is hatred, dissensions or, or fights, envy, selfishness, lust, greed, all those things come naturally. And I think uh, we honestly, here's my full disclosure. I, I was so perplexed by it too. And the second question I had was, I'm shocked this doesn't actually happen more. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm shocked there's not more times where this has happened because when you get a bunch of people together and you have somebody basically being a riot leader or somebody that's, you know, welcoming or encouraging it and everyone's operating underneath, you know, selfishness, you would think it would honestly, I'm surprised this is the first time. And it probably isn't. So if you're, you're going to email in, um, you know, that's great to let me know this also happened in France, you know, 1997 or whatever. But I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. I think we're naive to the fact that everyone is a messed up sinner and doesn't naturally think the way that we think about things or doesn't naturally think, uh, you know, that's why worldview matters so much. So was it satanic or not? 
if it, your definition means operating underneath an unholy spirit, then I would say yes. And regardless, it's tragic. And the only remedy for life in general and eternal life is Jesus. And the only remedy for living not under an unholy spirit, but a Holy Spirit is Jesus. And so I don't know, like Travis Scott, I'm guessing is not a Christian, right? I don't know. I would guess not. His life does not bear the fruit of one. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing his music. In other words, it's not like he's kind of on the fence. Or we're like, man, I think there's something going right. on. There. He's, he's not Dave Eves, like, okay, I'm posting the gospel and posting. Yeah, or Kanye, hangovers. or like, you know, yeah. any of those. So um, yeah. I, I think by definition, he is he's operating underneath selfishness. He's operating underneath all the things that we naturally, I do, unless the yeah. Holy Spirit gets a hold of me and says, hey, you're going to operate underneath a different way and mode of thinking. And, uh, and my guess is a lot of the people in the audience there that day that the same thing happened. And so, and it's tragic. It, it is, um, here's the other thing about evil that people think, because people will think, and I hear this from Christians, they'll think, um, you know, so-and-so political party is, it, this political person is evil. And that is on both sides. They could call out and so-and-so's evil or so-and-so's evil or so-and-so's working for the devil. That person is biblically evil, but it is Satan who is evil, who's moving the pieces around. And people don't even know that they're pawns and they're pieces of what Satan is doing. Oof. It's Satan who's ultimately driving. And in other words, Travis Scott, my guess is, and I don't know, and maybe you know this will come out, but in all likelihood was not sitting in a room being like, oh, this is gonna happen. In fact, I, I think he had some remorse and probably now that there's all the legal lawsuit stuff um, is has a lot of regret and sadness and is gonna have to live with mm -hmm. pain of people losing a life, um, which I don't know how you cope with without Jesus. But- he is evil in that he's not good because the Bible says no one is good, but it is Satan ultimately who's evil and he's the one moving the pieces around and he's the one encouraging, man, tell people to move even closer in and tell people to do this. He's the one that's moving the pieces around. Our enemy is not a person. Our enemy is a spiritual one where there is a spiritual forces, Ephesians chapter six says, that are at work. And so whether, insert fill in the blank, whatever, uh, you know, the politician of your choice they are, uh, they're evil in one sense, but it's Satan who uses people as pawns of a part of his scheme and what he's doing. And I think on, on uh, when was that, Friday? When did that happen? Last Friday? Whenever that happened. I mean, it's just, you're just seeing what happens when sin and Satan are at work in the world and at work in somebody's life and tragic pain and loss of life. And the best thing that we can do as Christians is to point people to how we can have hope and to operate in our daily lives, not in a way that even my, uh, in a minor way reflects kind of that selfishness, self-driven callousness towards people and be full of compassion and not full of like, well, they got what they deserve. They went to a Travis Scott concert. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because they were at a Travis Scott concert. It reminds me of when Jesus in Luke chapter 13, he says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verse three, those 18 of whom the tower in Siloam fell. So he references a, a current event that happened when he, Jesus was walking up, he's like, remember when that tower fell and 18 people died because the tower came down on it? Do you think that they were worse offenders or sinners than everybody else who lived in town? No. I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And so Jesus's response to tragic scenarios like that is to say, man, everyone is not deserving of eternal life. Everyone is not deserving of a relationship with God, but God offers that. But we have the decision to choose to turn and repent and to trust in what Jesus did on the cross. And so it's not a byproduct of, man, they were evil because they were going to that concert. And so this is what happens. It's a byproduct of the fact that everyone is broken and everyone's sinful. And unless we all turn to God and turn to Jesus, 
all of us will eventually die and spend eternity apart from God. Yeah, I think what is crazy about this is it makes me think of the social dilemma that show on Netflix about social media yeah, and just how it's saying like, if this keeps up, if this keeps up, we are heading towards a total place of destruction, how people are abandoning Facebook, they're abandoning Instagram, they're, they worked there and they got in the inside and they're like, we can't, you, we can't keep being a part of this. It's ruining the mind. It's suicide rates are climbing. If you think about it, yeah, suicide rates are climbing. So like we are all feeding and giving money by our participation in something that we know only know is causing anxiety, depression, comparison, suicide. In a way, social media is doing a lot. We are trampling on the lives of people who are, uh, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like how dark it gets for people. We know that. And so in a way, this is like a physical manifestation, I think, of what's going on with the tragedy of our world where we are so, culture is our God. Trends are our God. People like rap artists are are our idols and when something is your idol you will kill to be a part of it you will do whatever it takes to be near it yeah and that's this is the outcome of when man is the idol like this is the outcome tragedy will follow i'm not saying we'll always look like in the form of death but i'm saying when culture and social media is the idol death follows suicide rates climb when a when a public figure is an idol people tragedies take place and things get out of whack and you 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 wonder how did we get here how do we get here how do we get here yeah this isn't new like it really isn't but we finally saw with our own eyes a physical manifestation of what's always been a reality of what happens when you put anything on the throne other than god that's right and so i would just say to anyone right now listening that has been just disturbed by this is all of us need to do a heart check of going, man, what are idols that I don't even realize are seeking to devour me, are seeking to destroy me? Because though it may not look be look like getting physically trampled on as I am running towards being near my idol, like it could look like in your heart, what are you running towards to be as near as is possible and the demonic force, the spiritual realm is trying to trample on you and devour you and pull you away further and further from the Lord. That's right. Yeah, that's really good. It, it makes me think, J.D. and David, both of you guys, that like this is the least thing that we should be worried about. Things that as a culture we can all look and recognize, like that's not good. Yeah. That feels like the least of our concerns. Like what happens when the church starts stops being the church, when we start making little concessions here and there and there, when we break, we're okay with the breakdown of the family unit, like what God designed marriage to be, what happens when we're like, it's okay to abort in this situation because, you know, so, uh, and with all the tenderness and all the uh, compassion for people struggling and having experienced those things, it's almost like what you said of like, what should we be worried about that's, that's, Overtaking it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, uh, honestly, on the satanic thing, I, I'm I'm almost saying um, it may be, but I think there's satanic stuff going on all around us. I think the breakdown of the family. I mean, Satan in Second Corinthians four is called the prince of the power of the air. He's the ruler of this world, according to John chapter twelve, Ephesians chapter two, that he is at work in the sons of disobedience. That is a crazy thing to think. So that means it doesn't like we look at stuff like this and are like that's satanic. And I'm saying no, according to Jesus. Uh, he is at work all around us. Yeah. The racial division, the political divisiveness, the breakdown of the family, the divorce rate, the pornography industry, all of those things is not like some person scheming, but Satan is a schemer. 
and is the one that is moving all these different pieces around. And, uh, and so in the sense that so many things are satanic, I think you could say, man, that's being directed and operated in a way that is not in line with God, but in line with, with Satan. And, uh, and as the church, to your point, Laura, it's like, man, we have an opportunity by living according to the Holy Spirit to not live in direction of an unholy spirit and bring about things that lead to life. Yeah. Okay, I got to address this language because it's a little weird and it can induce fear a little bit. Yeah. Because I think what when we think of satanic, we think of Ouija boards, we think of ghosts and haunting. And there have been Christians who are like wondering, can I be affected by that? And and now there's this weird language. It's like, no, we're talking about satanic things like selfishness, like anything that isn't godly. So help reconcile just the like fear and that kind of our normal picture of what's satanic and yeah. can the Christian be influenced by that? And and then our influence on like demonic quote unquote forces that are like leading us away from God. Yeah. Um, so can we be influenced by that? Yes. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That Satan pours, roars like a lion. First Peter chapter five, looking for someone to devour. James chapter four is the one of resist the devil and he will flee from you. So yes, I think, you know, both of those are basically saying proactively, hey, be on guard and be on alert. At the same time, Jesus and the power, it's not this breakdown of good versus evil as though like it's a, it's even a fight. Um, every time Jesus is a, a demon shows up in front of Jesus, it's not a, hey, let's get in a battle and I'll throw a punch and you throw a punch. They fall at the feet of Jesus and yeah. cry out, have mercy on me. And so when Jesus says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, he's talking about Satan. And greater is the power and greater is the one who's inside of you than he's in the world. Now, as Christians, we can give ourselves over to sinful nature and to the schemes of Satan, which is why Paul in Ephesians 6 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can resist. He uses the darts, but the temptations, the things that God is, is throwing at you. And so I, I do think that we have a responsibility and the way that we battle is by putting on that full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, that we live according with the truth of what God says, that we walk in obedience to him and, um, and are prepared, basically on guard, be on guard, he says. So I don't know if that directly answers exactly what you're saying, but I do think we have, because you may be saying, hey, uh, we should do another one on like, can a Demon Christian possession. be possessed? Yeah. And what does that even mean? And what is that? In fact, well, let's do another one on that one. Yeah. I, I think too, like you answered some of my question. So yeah. that was really helpful. And I think just like, I think the goal of this is not to incite fear. I think there's a healthy fearing God, like reverence there that is like, okay, I want to stay away from what's unholy because God is so holy. Yeah. But I shouldn't be actively like walking around like, oh my gosh, is a demon you know, nudging me to do the, you know? Yes, totally. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think we have, we, we give, uh, Satan sometimes far too much credit. And when often it's just like the devil made me do it versus men. No, your sin nature made you do it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, and when James talks about temptation, he says it comes from in you and Satan can tempt and we can be tempted. Um, but I think equally, if not more important is the, the problem from the inside. That's good. Man, this one felt kind of heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it is heavy. It is heavy. And that's, I mean, part of the reason why we have this, it's, we call it a lifestyle podcast is because we do want to be able to have conversations that are parallel to what's happening in young adults' lives. Yeah. And Travis Scott has an impact on young adults of today. Yeah. And when events like this happen, here's what, here's what the crazy thing. I remember in Genesis 50, Joseph 
um, ends the whole story of Joseph. Go read it uh, by just saying what you guys meant for evil, God used for good. It's good. And I think that anytime something like this happens in the world, it even causes the atheist. It causes the agnostic. It causes the religious. It causes person who hasn't even thought about God to yeah. question the point of life, yeah. to question the purpose of life. So I want to be people that, although heavy, although controversial, we run to these conversations and open them up for people to think. And if this has caused you to go, man, that was really messed up. If you were there and you come across this podcast and you're like, man, it was tragic. It was this, it was that. And you found yourself questioning, um, what, why, you know, why, uh, I would just say, one, email us at info at live. We'd love to have that conversation. But two, um, if you're a Christian listening to this, like this is an opportunity to lean in to culture and to tell them about the God who sees, the God who's there, and the God who's in control. And so the the beauty of this is that God still somehow uses this to point people to himself, even people who aren't following him currently. And so um, hard topic, heavy topic, but a hopeful end um in terms of Jesus. Yeah, so. 2 Corinthians 4. If you have been truly, I think people have been burdened by this mm-hmm. and burdened anytime there's a tragedy. 2 Corinthians 4, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So mm-hmm. we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. That's good. I love it, man. That's it from us. Uh, as always, if you have questions, email us at infotheporch.live, and we will see you next week for another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.